0: This episode of Flip Flops and People Ops is brought to you by Pingboard. Likely some or all of your teams have been working remote and it's taking a huge toll on employee happiness. Why does that matter? Because unhappy employees will leave to try to find a better experience at another company. Power up your employees with Pingboard's employee networking software. It includes a simple peer recognition tool, employee directory, and other get-to-know-you features that help everyone feel engaged and connected no matter where they work. Try it with your team for free today. Visit Pingboard.com to learn more um i can't do saxophone right now you want to watch blue man yeah you're an eclectic kid oh my gosh bubby i'm doing a podcast we can't do it in the same room where am i supposed to go yeah Uh, okay (laughs) welcome back to flip flops and people ops this is the show that teaches you how to build a better culture by putting your people first I'm your host, Christy, and today we are going to talk about how to train your managers to give better one-on-ones that drive performance and ultimately prevent turnover. Here we go. So why do one-on-ones matter? Every employee craves a functional, healthy relationship with their manager, but not every manager has been taught how to conduct an effective one-on-one. A great one-on-one focuses on alignment and building trust and identifying opportunities for the employee to grow. There are two studies that I tripped over that are pretty important to mention. There's a Gallup study that says across millions of employees, they found that the people with regular one-on-ones are three times more likely to be engaged. They're not more likely to be married. They're more likely to be happy at your organization. Moving on. And then according to Harvard Business Review, it was found that employees without regular one-on-ones are two times as likely to view leadership unfavorably. I'll link out to both of those studies and the articles and the supporting materials in the show notes if you go to pingboard.com slash peopleops. So engagement sounds nice, but why does that matter? Engagement matters because you don't want voluntary turnover. Voluntary turnover is when your employee leaves their job without being fired or being asked to leave. This type of turnover is typically more expensive to businesses because they often involve the loss of a high-performing employee. With the right approach, you can think of effective one-on-ones as your Swiss Army knife to fix all kinds of issues or inefficiencies that could exist at your organization. And all of that adds up to a much better employee experience. You're constantly dialing things in. You can hone employee skills needed for their job, provide coaching on soft skills like etiquette, check in on the overall well-being of the employee. You can shop ideas, fix low morale, turn around underperformers, motivate overperformers, maybe even to mentor other people, and save money overall because it is expensive to find new people. So one-on-ones are your secret weapon to making sure everybody's getting what they need and your managers are trained to look for issues and help solve little problems before they become big problems and eventually turn to voluntary turnover. So let's talk about meeting prep. These are tips for you and these are also tips for you to take to your management team and train them how to do this better. So if a manager Is overseeing more than five people. It can be hard to meet and have one on ones with everyone every week. So instead of a one size fits none approach, you can use the following as a guidepost to determine how often to meet with each person. So typically these people need more of a manager's time, a new employee, less than six months in their role, a promoted employee for at least three months after the promotion. And if the role itself is new, so. On the flip side, these people might need slightly less of your time. If you have happy, performing employees who are executing and on track as far as their goals are concerned, and they're six plus months into their role, then they would need to meet with their manager maybe a little less frequently. So managers need to find the right frequency to meet with their people. But no matter what, with every single person, even the rock stars, it has to be a recurring meeting. The best way to make the most of your time when you do meet is to prep beforehand, both of you. It's always good to begin the conversation with some open-ended questions that not only help with really awkward, sometimes painful small talk, but they just provide opportunities for the manager to be more dialed in about what's going on with that employee. So here are some examples of some closed questions that you wouldn't want to ask. Things like, do you like the team? are you happy with your role? Those are easy yes or no questions. You want to ask open-ended questions that allow the employee to pause and reflect and give you more detail on the why of their answer. So things like, who is somebody at the company that you'd like to learn more from and why? What's one thing you think our team should stop doing? How could we improve cross-team collaboration at our company? How can I be a better manager to you? I wrote a blog post that I will link out to in the show notes as well, which contains 140 different open-ended questions to help both people beforehand really think deeply about what's going on, where are things not working, and when the employee knows beforehand what those questions will be, then they can spend more time thinking about it and come to the meeting prepared. My company who brings you this podcast, Pingboard, we have a one-on-one offering that allows both people to add to a shared agenda, any kind of open-ended questions and and help each other prep for the meeting before it starts so that you're not both put on the spot. Your managers and people should also plan on scheduling an hour. That is best practice. Here's a quote from Andy Grove. He's the former CEO and co-founder of Intel. He said, quote, "'I feel that a one-on-one should last an hour at minimum.' anything less in my experience tends to make the subordinate confine themselves to the simple things that can be handled quickly. So set aside an hour, tell your managers and your people, you can always end early. It avoids also what he calls zingers. That's when an employee has a heart to heart issue and they're like really bringing up something important and it's in the last five minutes of the meeting. And now one of you has to go to a meeting and the other's not paying attention because they're starting to get notifications. So Schedule an hour. You don't have to stay for the whole time, but it leaves room in case something like a zinger gets brought up. Another thing that both of you can do before the meeting is to go to 16personalities.com. I did a whole podcast episode on this, but take their free assessment and then share with each other what your personality type is to learn more about how the other likes to work and communicate best with you. It helps bring a lot of understanding to the meeting and a lot of context. So if you know that the other person can tend to be a little bit more private, then you won't take it so personally when they really don't share too much detail about their personal life. Or if you know that your employee tends to second guess themselves, then you know to really offer extra encouragement there and, and help them to learn to trust their gut. So let's move on to the proper way to run these meetings. Make sure your managers always make it a safe space. Think of it like a metaphorical saging of the air. If you know what saging is, it's like a way to ward off evil spirits. I live in Austin. Maybe I'm a hippie, I don't know. But it's hard for an employee to tell how candid they can really be with their manager without first building a foundation of rapport and trust and psychological safety. That's another podcast episode. If you're not sure what that is, psychological safety is all about being direct but respectful but saying what you mean and it helps teams to operate a lot more efficiently. Make sure you go listen to that as well. So it's really crucial that the manager says something along the lines of like, hey, as always, I'm here to listen and advocate for and help you. So what is said here stays between us. Again, go listen to that psychological safety episode to learn how to train managers to make good on that promise. But that is really important that that is a true statement. This is relationship building. This is trust. And this is the best make or break part of the manager-employee dynamic. It's also really good to start with an icebreaker. So depending on the experience level of the employee, these conversations can be really intimidating for them. Some example icebreakers are like, what do you like to do in your free time lately? Or what have you been watching on Netflix? Or what's the last thing you nerded out on where you lost track of time? Or even what's the best vacation you've ever taken and why? So at some point, you'll find that they're passionate about something, their cat, their car, or their card collection. It's okay for a manager and employee. In fact, it's very healthy for you to feel like you are true peers and friends because that's how the conversations that change the business happen. My boss, Cameron's very good at this and he remembers my answers. He knows that I cried when I went to NASA to see the Saturn V rockets. I get very emotional about space. He knows all about my kids, my family. I know that he and his wife have a huge and hilarious collection of Christmas trees at that time of year. She has like five or six Christmas trees. So Cameron and I now know each other pretty well over the course of many small, casual conversations like this. And he can kind of read me like a book now, but I like that about him because he can tell when I'm stressed and there's just a foundational level of friendship as well as a manager-employee dynamic. And it's important to know that this icebreaker isn't just for the employee, this is for the manager too. Once you've both warmed up and shared a passion or a hobby or a story, like you've both talked about your favorite vacations, then you've really worked up a level of comfortability to jump into important work-related topics like, what are you most excited about right now? What are your biggest worries or concerns right now? What's your biggest accomplishment in the past two weeks? What can I do to better support you? And what's one thing our team should stop or start doing and why? The big thing here is just to have a conversation. Focus on relationship building between the two people and just avoid status updates. It can be tempting to spend a lot of the time in the meeting talking about projects, but that's a huge waste. There are tools for this like Monday.com, Trello, Reich Get your project updates another way so that you have time for the right topics in your one-on-one meetings. It's time to focus on the employee's career. Any praise or recognition that they need, any coaching, feedback they need to be given, and really focusing the time on issues that are preoccupying them, not on, hey, what progress have you made on X project? It's also not a working session. This is not time to push forward on a project and do a deep dive together on turning something in. It's time to get to know each other. Talk about where the company's headed, how an impact can be made. This is the employee's time. The manager needs to really actively listen and always allow the employee to finish what they're saying, even if it takes a while for them to get there. It can be so frustrating when an employee is already a little intimidated or they're trying to bring something to light that's a little hard to talk about. They might beat around the bush or they're just trying to get to their point. Teach your managers to really let the employee finish. It might take a while, but that even builds trust that the employee feels like they can get their whole thought out without someone who is above them, gets frustrated and tries to finish their sentence. Let them try to get it out themselves. It's another important thing to teach your managers to stop context switching. Unless they're expecting an emergency call, they really shouldn't be getting Slack notifications. They should be on Do Not Disturb. Close their email, close their messaging apps, Context switching might feel more efficient. Like you can keep up with the conversation and things that are happening in the background, but it's rude and the employee can tell it's going on. Something I've seen people do if they manage more than five people is to block off an entire day for their one on ones and they just call it a people day. That way they're not attending meetings. They're not working on projects. They are only focused on their people. So make sure to try to train your managers to find something they can compliment the employee on Um, and make sure it's authentic, not like, you're so great to work with. Something like, hey, I know you've been trying to work on public speaking and I sat in or I watched the recording from when you talked to the sales team and gave this update. I thought you did a great job. So make sure that your managers have something to bring to the employee's attention that they did really well. Now we're going to talk about throwing mud. So if the managers really set the stage to ask some tough questions like, What's one thing our team should stop doing? If the employee starts to do what I call throwing some mud, which means that they can start to get kind of upset and just like really going into nitty gritty detail, that's important and they should be allowed to do it. I'll include a link to something I call the emotion wheel. It's not something I created. It's something I found in a parenting book, but a lot of parenting advice also applies to work. So it's this wheel that shows main kind of emotions like scared, mad, sad, joyful, peaceful. But for example, if you take angry, angry could mean up to 25 different things. So if an employee is throwing some mud, like, oh, so-and-so is always late to this meeting and it, it doesn't start on time and it's really frustrating, mad can mean up to 25 different things. So you can further qualify it like jealousy, inferiority, intimidation, feeling overwhelmed, feeling rejected. Just don't run away when mud starts to get flung. It's the manager's chance to investigate what the root cause is. And this wheel that I'll share is a really helpful tool for teams to use to further qualify like what they're feeling. They're not just mad, they're jealous or they're skeptical or they're feeling defeated. All of those are different things that help you get to like what's really going on. So whatever mud gets flung, assume positive intent. Congrats on helping your employee feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable with you and really share their raw feelings about something that's happening on the team or in the organization that they think could be better or needs to be changed. If unnecessary or hurtful statements start to get said by the employee, you can teach your managers or you can course correct by saying things like, I hear you. Let's focus on the facts instead of attacking or insulting people who aren't here. So focus the conversation on things and not people. Really good managers are like coaches. Chances are you have been to some kind of sporting event where the coach is yelling. Coaches yell. That's what they do. Imagine if the coach of a team didn't say anything during an entire game and waited until the end of the game to tell everybody what they did wrong or what they needed to adjust. That would be super weird. The coaching and mentoring happens during the game. So one-on-ones are the game. The manager should be using the one-on-one as the chance to give the feedback. Don't wait for a review. Fix problems while they're small. And while a manager is giving feedback during a one-on-one, it's really important, again, this is some parenting advice, to explain the why behind the feedback. So here's a phrase to help you remember. Don't tell me what to do. Tell me why I need to do it. Listen to these two very different statements and how different they make you feel. Here's the first statement. To get promoted, you're going to have to get some better people skills. Here's the second statement. I know you're frustrated and you want to take the next step in your career, and I want to help you get there. So in order to win people over to your way of thinking, we need to help you understand all the different personalities on our team. That's the leadership quality I need to see in you, and I know it's in there for you to get promoted. I'm going to help you. Nobody likes to get told what to do, but if it's for someone's betterment or if you're trying to keep them safe, if you explain the why instead of just giving orders, people are more likely to listen. The best managers also share their own past failures when it applies. When an employee explains that they're running into a roadblock and if the manager has encountered this same type of roadblock or something similar, it's human of you to tell them. It helps the other person feel like you really understand and that you have been there too and you overcame and that your advice isn't just someone above them who's more powerful. It's just like, oh, well, it's so easy for you to say, no, tell them that you've been through it too. Or the manager should say, I've been there and this is how I fixed it. Here's another framework to really see if what you're talking about in your one-on-one is what you're supposed to be talking about. My boss, Cameron, and I go for walks during our one-on-one. So we pull up ping board on our phones. That way we can see our shared agenda and make sure that we cover everything that we wanted to cover. But nobody's needing to take a crazy amount of notes. The conversation is supposed to be focused on you two building your relationship and just like being candid with each other and talking about these open-ended, how can we make things better? How do you want to get better? Here's what I see you doing. That's great. Here's some things that you could work on. It's supposed to be just a conversation. You're not meant to be taking this diatribe of notes. One-on-ones are also a great time to shop ideas and ask questions like, How would you feel if as a team, we started to blank? Maybe it's like, start tracking this metric. Or maybe what if the entire company started using a tool to track their projects? A good manager can get buy-in on tough decisions before company-wide announcements. So as the people ops or HR person at your company, you should be asking your managers every once in a while, like, hey, in your one-on-ones this week or your next one-on-one with each of your people, please ask if they can feel connected to our values. Can they recite all of them? Do they feel like they resonate? Here's also a quick tip for overcoming a combative employee. It's the yes, yes method. You get the person to say yes and yes again as soon as possible. So this means finding two things where you both line up on and where you both agree. So here's an example. Imagine the employee said something like, I cannot stand the way that Salesforce is set up. And I think this is ridiculous. It's a huge time waster. I can't do it anymore. I won't do it. Imagine if the manager said, you want to get your bonus this quarter, right? And the person would say, yes. And then the manager says, and you want the process of logging things in Salesforce to be more efficient, right? And the employee would say, yes, okay, well, what can we do or who could you work with to improve the Salesforce process so this isn't so frustrating for you? That shows the employee that the manager's trying to work with them, trying to understand and that they line up on something. They're on some kind of common ground. And then the employee who's a little combative might be more likely to find and agree on a solution. It's worth considering also making it part of your culture that one-on-ones aren't canceled. They are always rescheduled. If the cadence is right, a manager and employee should be getting a lot of value from these conversations. Canceling sends the message that... To the employee that they're not that important. What a manager does between these meetings makes all the difference. If you have this amazing conversation where you went deep and you really got to the root of an issue on the team and came up with a solution, but in order to get there, the manager promised to unblock something. If that doesn't happen by the next one-on-one, it will lead to resentment. Resentment then leads to that employee shutting down in their one-on-ones, and they no longer trust coming to that manager with anything or see the point in answering the open-ended questions because nothing comes from it. It won't be long before the manager stops hearing about problems altogether until it's too late and then you get blindsided by a turnover from that employee. So to summarize all of that, the ingredients for a healthy employee-manager relationship is two-way communication, storytelling empathy, patience, accountability, vulnerability, and all that adds up to some really rock solid trust. One critical takeaway is that one-on-ones are not about a manager who's in charge. It's about a manager who's been equipped with the structure to understand how to take care of those in their charge. And now you can hopefully see how these one-on-ones are your tool for getting a pulse on your people, helping your managers fix problems on teams while they're small, and overall just delivering this awesome employee experience that shows your people how much they matter. They're included in decision-making, they're asked how they feel, and their manager has become a safe place to get feedback and learn how they need to grow as an employee to take their career to the next level remember to go to pingboard.com slash podcast and you can see that blog post with all those open-ended questions and some other resources like the Emotion Wheel. Make me smile. The next segment is called Make Me Smile. And this is where I tell you about a company or a person doing something awesome and worth sharing. I know Amazon is a corporate giant that is impossible for most of us to compare us to, if not all of us, but they're doing something that I hope becomes the norm for lots of companies. They launched a new mental health benefit called Resources for Living. So it provides every U.S. employee and their family and their household with a single place for convenient and confidential support for mental health. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and includes access to free counseling sessions in person, through the phone, video, or text. So it comes at a time when more than 26 million adults went untreated for mental health issues in the U.S. during the pandemic. And a recent survey by the American Psychological Association showed that 48% of parents have more stress in their personal lives now than before the COVID-19 pandemic started. So can we all do all the things Amazon offers their employees? No, because they have... Buku money, like a crazy amount of money. But how can your company offer something similar? Maybe you can create a resource page for your people to see locally where they can try to get help, like start somewhere. But mental health is becoming something to pay attention to. Talk to your leadership team and see if this is something you can start offering some kind of mental health benefit. But if not, you can do something for free just by offering a resource page. Okay. This last segment is my two cents where I give you a quick tip on how to be a better leader. I just finished the audiobook version of a book called The Dip by Seth Godin. So it's a little book that teaches you when to quit. And it's a 76-page book. It's a quick read. It illustrates the concept of the dip, which is a temporary setback that can be overcome with persistence and how to recognize if you're within a dip worth pushing through or when you should quit. I recommend it because it's such an easy, simple read or listen on Audible. It probably took me an hour and a half. I listened to it while I was folding laundry and pulling weeds in my yard on a Saturday. For me, it helped me think of certain projects or things I want to get better at in my career that have felt like setbacks, but it helps me recognize whether or not there are things I want to continue to push toward. Take a listen and see how it applies to you. Figure out what your dip is and if it's one worth staying in or one worth quitting. Hey everybody, this whole episode was about how to create more effective one-on-ones in your organization, how to turn your managers into coaches and create a better employee experience so that your distributed teams can still focus on relationship building and employee growth. So the company that brings you this podcast, Pingboard, they offer a one-on-one feature. We just launched it. At Pingboard, we joke that we eat at our own restaurant, like we use Pingboard at Pingboard. So we have tested this. A few of our customers have tested this. Go to pingboard.com to learn more. But this new feature is so awesome. Once the manager or the employee creates a one-on-one, both people are reminded to prep beforehand by adding topics to a private shared agenda inside of Pingboard. The agenda can include comments, so updates can be discussed ahead of time. A shared agenda means both people come prepared and the conversation is at least 82% less awkward. You can use notes to summarize the discussion and next steps to keep both of you on the same page. Past agendas are saved, so it's easy to revisit your decisions later. And there's even more you can get notifications when a topic is added or a comment. You can mark a topic as recurring to automatically include it every single time. And if a topic isn't covered, you can move it to the next time section and it's added to the next agenda. You could use this one-on-one feature to help your teams build trust, stay aligned, and identify those development opportunities that create an awesome employee experience. Go to pingboard.com to learn more. I'll talk to you soon. everybody it's christy make sure you go review the show on apple podcasts more reviews means i get to spend more time making the show also i'd love to hear from you so send me your tips your questions or anything else you can connect with me on linkedin at linkedin.com slash christy hoffman see you next time